this is the uh, the TLDR podcast with BHI. The title is How to Disinfect Your Office Space and What Cleaners Should I Use? And the guest this episode is Michael Sellers from Genie BioClean Systems or Genie BioClean. Um, and he's an expert in uh, cleaning office spaces, uh, cleaning home spaces, and basically getting rid of some of the nasty bugs that were all out there at the moment. So, welcome, Michael. Morning. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Considering it's uh, it's a hot and stifling and um, sticky day, I suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I haven't quite cleaned it out as much as we wanted, has it? But we're all still no. good to go. Yeah, but that's the strange thing about um, uh, thunderstorms. They're, they're supposed to get rid of all that stuff anyway. So, um, Right, so getting back to it, I mean, obviously we're talking about sort of disinfecting office spaces, uh, cleaners to use. Yeah. Your system's unique to what most people would consider and what I considered before I spoke to you about um, cleaning the environment. So we're talking like office buildings, uh, warehouses, uh, even places like student uh, accommodation, even places of people that have got houses that may be replacing tenants quite soon as well. So just yeah. give us a brief introduction about what your product is and, and, and how it's beneficial. Well, our company that we're a part of, I mean, we cover a large area up north. We cover the whole of Sheffield, Barnsley, Rotherham, big, big yeah. area. Um, the initial company itself started off down in Oxford back in 2003, and it was your generic cleaning company one man bucket and a mop right. um, it's kind of gone from your door-to-door almost like window cleaning type service of going getting jobs like that yeah. and it's kind of snowballed and built and built expertise as it's gone along it's been going for you know nearly 20 years now um, and is now a, a fully nationwide service um, which does your, your standard cleaning across school contracts office contracts things like that um, but recently has branched out more into bio-specific. Um, and what I mean by that is using different technologies that have been around for a long time, but haven't been used as a sort of mainstream method of cleaning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, yeah, they do the, the standard spray and wipe type cleaning. You're, you're mopping your, your, your old-fashioned way of doing it which is still a good way of removing particularly if you've got like grease build up there's no way around it you've got to get yourself your hands in there and, and get it off there yeah um, but what we offer as an addition to that and what we've been doing for probably the last five or six years really is an addition of um fogging as a way of protection and a way of getting rid of any bacterial nasties that are there um and virus so that's, as well yeah, virals, viral particularly, obviously, quite prominent at the moment. But, um, yeah, so any kind of norovirus outbreaks were one of the particular uses for our product. Um, so we'd be responsive um, a lot with this. So if there were outbreaks in schools or hospitals, we've gone in and if there's been a, you know, a bug in a ward, MRSA, it's great at getting rid of. Okay. You shut the ward down, you fog the whole place. And it guarantees to touch everywhere that, to be quite honest, spraying and wiping leaves human error. Um, so what as, as good as you try and be, you might not get everywhere. And when you're okay. dealing with things that are life-threatening, you need to guarantee you've got everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I looked at your your, your website, um, which you can mention your website. Is it, is it genie-bioclean.co.uk? 
yeah, it's genie-bio-clean.co.uk. Yeah. Form slash Sheffield. Yeah. That's for you. Yeah. Uh, That's correct. I'll put the link in the uh, the descriptions and uh, no there as well. Um, now you mentioned obviously bacterial. We mentioned the virus. Obviously, the the big buzzword at the moment is is COVID nineteen coronavirus. Yeah. Um, there's there are people out there that are going to think. I mean, we, obviously, we work in the PP industry. They think about face masks that have literally just appeared in a in a yeah. vacuum, almost coincidentally, to deal with this thing, <laughs> even though they they pre existed it. Um, yeah. Your system's not designed for just for COVID. Obviously, you mentioned things like uh, uh, was it norovirus and obviously the bacteria. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It predates this situation that we're currently in. So oh, very much so. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the the effectiveness against. COVID, because I think a lot of people now are thinking, almost in a panic state, I need something to for my office or my building to, to get yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and it's it's a strange thing because the word coronavirus has now become a mainstream word. And in fact, they've been around for thousands of years. You know, the, oh, the yeah. common cold. Yeah, the common cold and flu and all these kind of things are coronaviruses. It's just the, the way it looks. Um, yeah. It's called circular blob with the little crowns on yeah um it's the etymology of it so it's a coronavirus now they all behave very similar uh, in a similar fashion which is good for us because they're all able to be gotten rid of in a similar fashion so before covid which is um you know a specific version of coronavirus yeah um there were still other common cold and influenza viruses and all those kind of things that were able to be treated with our system. Yeah. And if you can kill one, you can generally kill them all. Um, they all respond to heat generally. Um, bleaches are, can get rid of them, but we try to avoid using that in um, any residential or commercial, anywhere there's going to be people because you've got, yeah, you've, you've got the effects of that as well as the, odor of bleach everywhere which yeah. isn't great yeah. um and so it's coming up with a way of actually treating these things effectively efficiently and as quickly as possible um with as, as little human error as possible and that's why our fogging systems utilized um more effectively now and again that's that's something that's been around for a long long time um it's just people haven't seen it you know, it, it's yeah. something that's becoming more mainstream and people are becoming more aware. It was on Look North the other day about the, yeah. the, one of the, yeah, one of the trains, Transpennine or something like that, I think it was, uh, had a guy walking down there with a fogging machine just going down the whole, the whole carriage. Right. Um, and it, it brings it into the public um, view, yeah. which otherwise, I, I wasn't massively aware of it in my youth because yeah, it's just yeah. not something you encounter every day. Um, and so it can look a bit strange to people. Um, it can also look like it's ineffective, because yeah. I think you were mentioning someone made a, a comment on one of your social media feeds about um, it's like just a steam cleaning version of it. Steam cleaner, yeah, we get that yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, so if we look at, I mean, because fogging and misting, um, I don't know whether people are actually looking for, they might be after obviously this video, they might be after the look mm -hmm. north uh, piece of content. But if we look at fogging and misting as, as two elements, so what? how does it work? And, and what's the difference between that and, and seeing someone in what looks like a hazmat suit, basically just, I don't know what they do. It's, explain yeah, well, what, it, what the fogging it's, thing does. It's down to the chemicals, basically. So 
a steam clean will get rid of bacteria and it will get rid of viruses because the heat, if you don't like it, it will kill them. Yeah. Um, it's not ideal if you're using it around particularly office cleaning because you've got a lot of electronics yeah. and a lot of computers, a lot of very sensitive equipment, and you don't really want to be blasting that with extreme high temperature water, which is essentially what you're doing when you steam cleaning. But it's only on contact areas as well. It's not going to kill anything that's in the, the ducts or anything that's... That's on the right. So, um, exactly. So it's... It's a good method of right there and then, yeah. but our, our product is great because it carries on afterwards. So our product isn't actually a steam, it's a dry fog. Okay. So if you were to hold your hand in front of our steam cleaner, not too close, it does get hot because we yeah. use thermal fog because we like the product to rise and get yeah. everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Um, you wouldn't actually have any condensation or water or anything like that come on your hand because it's, it's completely dry which is great because we can use it then on keyboards. I mean, one of the worst areas for bacterial contamination, never mind viral, is keyboards, and they're yeah. a nightmare to clean. Yeah. Um, and you're spraying and wiping. When you're talking about products and chemicals being effective against things like um, viruses and bacteria, I think one of the funny things we saw when um, the whole COVID thing first kicked off was people all of a sudden started paying attention to the back of a bottle of Dettol. And it said, yeah. oh, this kills coronaviruses. And it was like, well, yeah, because they've been around for a long time, like I was saying before. Yeah, yeah. The thing people didn't really realise was, if you look closely at that, what you've got to do is spray your Dettol on and leave it for 20 minutes in order for it to be effective against viruses yeah. and bacteria. Which, if we're all honest, I don't think anybody out there has ever gone for a bottle of Dettol to clean around a surface, sprayed it and left it 20 minutes to come back to clean it off. You spray, you wipe. So yeah. it's that illusion of being clean when actually you've not really removed anything. So our product is not bleach-based. It's a hydrogen peroxide and silver-based solution. Okay. So if we fog at a concentration of 5%. Now, there were very many studies done, even back in the 70s, this, is, this has been around for a long time, um, that a concentration of 0.5% hydrogen peroxide solution is effective against um, pathogens within around 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. So obviously, the concentration we're fogging at is exponentially higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's effective almost immediately. So viruses, some viruses, and pretty much all bacteria have something called a biofilm, which is like a protective little shield they put over the cells, yeah. which is what your Dettol is trying to get rid of and why you need to leave it for 20 minutes so it can destroy this biofilm and essentially stop the bacteria from breeding. Yeah. And that's always been the tricky thing to get rid of. Now, hydrogen peroxide breaks that down almost instantly. And then we've got the silver, which is attached in there, which is completely toxic to viruses and the vast majority of bacteria that's ever been tested against. The same as copper is, the same as some, you know, some of these metals are just, they cannot live on it, they can't survive on it, and it just breaks the tissues down and breaks the, the DNA structures down and RNA structures. Is it um, vital? So it's, like a, um, it's very similar, yeah. So it's, it's very, very tiny, tiny particles of um, silver. Now, our machine that we use, that obviously, if you've been looking at the... Um, some of the video content we post, um, it actually heats everything up. And as it comes out, the, no the nozzle is actually a, a patented thing which um, statically charges the particles of silver. Yeah. So that actually makes them 
attracted to surfaces, not only surfaces, but it, it makes them cling to the surfaces. Yeah. But any biological or pathogen elements there are physically attracted to these silver particles. Okay. So it's almost like it's dragging them towards it, um, right. which is yeah, a great thing because obviously as soon as they touch, it's, it's lights out, it's game over for them. Um, now that's the great thing about our product is this silver um, almost like adheres to surfaces because of the charge. So once your hydrogen peroxide's done its job, that degrades into oxygen and water. Yeah. Um, I remember it's a, it's a dry fog, so the water content, when you tell people that and you're spraying it on their electronics and the keyboards, they're like recoiling, hurry, it's going to turn to water. Um, but it's only the similar water content as if you're breathing out. So it's very, very minute kind of water um, content. So it's, it's non-corrosive. Uh, you're not going to have any problems with your electronics. And once that's gone, the silver adheres behind and it stays with that charge on it. Okay. So the protective element of ours is if anybody comes in or any bacterial threats or any pathogen threats come into the building and touch down on one of those surfaces, be it through physical touch or a cough or a sneeze or talking or singing or anything like that, which is now being shown to spread the viruses. As soon as it lands on that surface, it gets attacked and killed by what's there. Okay. So the issue of surface contamination, which is still one of the, the major ways of, of transmitting things, yeah. um, is almost removed for any properties that this has been treated in. And this lasts for at least 27 days um, with one application. Okay. So one application, you're pretty much good for four weeks. And, and you can have that kind of peace of mind that you know that if you've got a business where, where customers are coming in or if you've got an office where staff are coming in and out, yeah. um, lots of people are very worried at the moment and the well-being around a lot of staff is focused around them feeling safe in a workplace. You yeah. almost take one of the major threats away. Well, there's, there's um, a liability element to it as well. I would imagine there are companies that are thinking... If, if we don't do everything that we need to do and someone yeah. is litigious and they want to take action against us because, I don't know, they, they did say, not, we're going to get onto the 99.9% .9 thing in a second as well. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, the kill logs. Yeah, 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 but in people's mindsets, what that, that number actually means. If, if, if a company's done like 99% of the things that they should have done, that 1% that someone catches something from it or believes that they caught oh. something from it, yeah. Even if they don't, even if they can't necessarily prove it, the nonsense that it creates for a company to try and remedy it or, or fix it, it, it becomes a, a yeah. bit of a nightmare. One of the things I like what you've talked about there is, is, is keyboards or any, any surface that's communal so, or communicable, or is it communal, whichever. Um, you've got reception areas that people walk into or office spaces that they come in, so you've got cross-contamination from outside, so obviously viral matter, yeah. bacterial matter, etc., but also as well, I mean, just thinking about our business, which you've already, you, you, we, we, the reason why we're doing yeah. this, you've already worked on as you've already fogged our, our um, offices. Um, um, we've got uh, keyboards, mouses, touchscreens, um, machinery, I'm trying to think off the top of my head as well, that other people, it's not, a, it's not a massive number of people, but, you know, other people will touch. And if they're touching one surface, then they go and touch another surface. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some of these uh, these great footages on, on YouTube where people have got like dye on the hand and they go and touch whatever they touch on a normal yeah. day. But then the other day, it's like this UV. And you're like, have they touched that? <laughs> Everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. thinking, it's it's trying to get a balance between sort of being realistic about what this is um, in terms of the yeah. virus and obviously bacteria, and then going overkill where we're all living in a bubble. 
And I think this yeah. this system can get rid of a lot of that. Well, you don't really need to, to live in a bubble. You don't need a full hazmat suit. You don't need full PPE from head to toe every single day because it's not practical. When you're no. coming and and getting it, what is it? Reach well, places that people can't do. Yeah, I mean that's the great thing about these the chemicals we use as well. I mean, there are people out there who need to fog in the full hazmat suits because there's a few chemicals out there what offer lasting protection. Yeah. Um, the vast majority of the, what I quote unquote good ones, um, use the silver-based because it's generally 99.9% safe for people. There are occasional people who will have an allergy to silver, yes. um, but incredibly few and far between. Um, and the amounts that you would come into contact with are so incredibly tiny um that it's almost a negligible risk yeah um the other ones that offer lasting protection use combinations of different biocides so there are formulas out there which use lots of different chemicals mixed together which leave a chemical residue on surfaces yeah now a lot of the work we do we're going into schools we're going into play centers and i i don't feel comfortable using a chemical residue ones mm -hmm. when I can use something I know is going to be perfectly safe. So you can use other ones. Um, it's just, you know, as, as a parent myself, yeah. if I know, I know nothing's more nailed on than children are going to go around in play centers licking surfaces because of the horrible dirty little creatures. Yeah. And if I'm going to have my child in that environment, <laughs> I, I would feel safer knowing that they were going to potentially come into contact with something that if ingested is completely food grade rather than something you need to fully hazmat up to apply. We don't, we don't really need PPE to apply our product. We only use uh, face coverings because the fog is dry and it can in certain instances cause mild irritation, very rarely cause mild skin irritation, but you'll find you're that out it quickly. As you're applying, yeah, once it's done, there's yeah. there's no risk to anybody that's just on application yeah um, and so it's up to our um our installers what they feel comfortable with with using i mean some some prefer to have a bit more protection than others um some feel it's it's fine with just a face mask but it's, it's like i said it's a completely food grade no react non-reactive substance that we use as far as people are concerned and that's quite hard for some people to understand because they see you not using PPE and they go, well, how effective can this be? Yeah, well, that comment that you got that this is just uh, steam cleaning, it's, it is, yeah. it's supposedly like a, a, I would imagine, like an argument from ignorance or um, a knowledge gap about what this yeah. technology does and what it is. But if you look around, I mean, when, when I was doing some of the, uh, the sort of background research for this podcast, uh, the, the images that you've got, it's literally someone wearing like you'd see in the film Outbreak, you know, they're wearing that like glass-faced square shield stuff and you're thinking, yeah. like, like you've just said there, I mean, a lot of people will be thinking, yeah, let's just get them in for a play centre or a school or even uh, an office building where you've got people potentially coming back after furlough, etc. Um, okay. And thinking that's what you need. But if there is a, a residue left over, there's, a, there's a, an expression I learned a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, is the juice worth the squeeze? where yeah. you're basically changing trying to sort one problem but you're creating a problem that you might not know for however many weeks or months absolutely and, right and it, yeah you, you're right i mean you want to be going into somewhere that effectively has been quote treated yeah. that you've got confidence the certification the, the, the proof the necessary proof that it's going to do that 
that's yeah. almost the same as it was before lockdown. So nothing really needs to change other than the fact that, you know, this place has actually had that tick in the box. Where Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And that's one thing we're finding is that the businesses we're working with, even though obviously they pay for our services, you know, we're not, we're not non-for-profit and we don't do this for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the good of our health, but they're finding that actually the money they're paying us is saving them money compared to the routines they were putting in place. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of gyms that we work with that were basically having to employ people to spray down all the touch points, which in a gym is everywhere. Exactly, yeah. Everywhere. yeah. And spraying people to touch down in between each use. And it's a logistical nightmare. And you've still got the human error side of it. Yeah. Um, or just do, did I take my eye off that? Did I notice and touch that? Did I notice this? And it becomes a massive headache. And the stress and everything else that that puts on you is is big. You know, it's, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a big part of it. So our, our service just generally offers people a lot of that peace of mind that you can almost get back to normal, for want of a better word. Yeah. I mean, you obviously still got to be vigilant because you can't stop the person-to-person spread with our thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody comes over and sneezes in your face, it doesn't matter if we've fogged a surface or not. You're still yeah. going to have that people-to-people transmission. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the surface contamination is going to be more of an issue almost because of the face masks and the face coverings. So you'll know this, obviously, because this is the area you're working, but once people have that face mask in there, essentially that's catching droplets. Yeah. You know, the virus, this, this conspiracy theory or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, the virus are, are smaller than the holes in the mask. Yeah. Yes. But the virus doesn't travel on its own. No. Nope. It's usually transmitted by droplets and things like that, which are bigger than the holes so that get caught in a mask. Now, yeah. if you've got a mask that's essentially filtered something and you're touching it a lot, you're putting a lot of that transmission onto your hands. And like it or not, we all touch surfaces around us. And as careful as you want to be, the chance of you touching your mask and then remembering and sanitizing each time you touch your mask, it just isn't going to happen. Nope. Um, for the best will in the world. So we just try and take one of the major the major issues about contamination and spreading this um, out, of, out of the game. You know? well, if, you, if you can mitigate that as an element, I mean, the gyms are, is a perfect one because um, our gyms, well, most gyms are now sort of shut or semi-shut. Uh, there are some that are opening up there, but because they tend to be uh, large open spaces, uh, everybody's yeah. sweating by definition. You go in there to work out, um, yeah. even though some people wear like full face makeup and, 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 and uh, <laughs> yeah. not really get sweat on. Um, the gym is. <laughs> yeah, but you are, you are touching surfaces with, with every single body part. So to have something yeah. like that, that, that lands on the synthetic leather or the leather or the metal and works in a way that effectively eradicates, was it 99.99% or is it something, what's the percentage? Uh, Ours is 99.9999, so it's a, a six-point kilolog. Fantastic, um, which we'll get on yeah. to in a second. So well, then, yeah. but you're right, I mean, with things with the face mask and stuff, but the, the people don't, it's a bugbear of, of ours because people don't really understand what masks do, and you're right, people think, well, the, this thing's tiny, it's certain microns, it can go through the, the fabric, but you're right, yeah. it's not about that, it's about the obviously catching the respiratory droplets. Yeah. The next big issue that people don't realize when even if they're using surgical masks or quote disposable masks or yeah. they're using um, reusable cloth type face masks is if once you take it off, you should literally put it either in the bin to dispose of it 
or put it in the wash. You don't put it back on. I, I saw someone yesterday, yeah. they put yeah. it on the wrist and they're walking around with it. You're thinking, okay, I can understand. But what they don't realize yet, and this is going to be coming down the pipe, is every time you put that mask back on, you're breathing bacteria into that mask. And it's inert yeah. in us, it's harmless to, yeah. to most people breathing out, but it, 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 it creates a, cult, a culture. And you've already talked sort of talk about the biofilm, which it yeah. protects itself. Then it becomes more virulent. So you're talking about strep and staph and all these other little nasties oh, that we've all got in our bodies mm -hmm. at a manageable level. You breathe into a piece of cloth and then you keep breathing it back in. And if you're touching yeah. it, which you do to take it off, and then yeah. you're touching other surfaces, you become a walking petri, a petri dish to touch other surfaces. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a nightmare. You're, you're an efficient carrier then, and you're, you're doing a great job of spreading it around. I mean, so you're, you're trying to stop the virus, but effectively creating all these nasty little bacterial cultures yeah. that you don't know. Because everyone's breathing out, all these bacteria, they go around and they will be killed by other different surfaces naturally. Yeah. And you're right, yeah. the coronavirus has been with us forever. Um, or it, uh, coronaviruses in general, and now people are trying to sort of now concentrating. They don't know they're concentrating all these bacterial buildups, and as well as uh, uh, a virus, you've got the fungal matter as well. Um, yeah. And yours can go into an office space or a workspace, a school, a hospital, or as mm -hmm. I said, like people that are, uh, have got um, a house that they've let out and they're going to re-let out as well. Uh, tenancy cleaning deep cleaning cleaning surfaces and you you can go in and eradicate all this that's yeah. one less thing they've got to think about then Absolutely. they can wear the ppe the face coverings that they have to do and it's the the, the, the risk is dramatically reduced oh yeah so, that's, that's right yeah i mean the thing is the who released i think it was 2017 they released their um priority pathogens list okay so which are all the bacteria that are becoming increasingly anti, you know, antibacterial resistant, which yeah. obviously we've known about as a problem for a long time. Yeah. Um, they've been warning us about the, the next great threat to humanity as such. It's not going to be, you know, tanks and guns anymore. It's going to be a, a viral or, you know, biological threat that we need yeah. to wake up. To. We've been warned about this for years and years and years. And to be quite honest, with governments across the world have been slow to anticipate it it's i think it's always one of those that it's not going to happen and i think the lockdown was necessary um and i know that's a that's a massive divided subject so yeah. as is face masks as is you know the, the service work provided yeah. yeah um now I, I benefit from my my wife is a biomedical scientist and so knows this stuff inside out um and the way the create the flu vaccine. They run the coronavirus, the flu coronavirus, through a simulator. Yeah. And they anticipate where it's going to mutate to next year. Yeah. And on that, they base the vaccine, and sometimes they get it absolutely bang on, and it's great, and sometimes they don't, and more people die. Yeah. And it's just a fact of how you do it. Now, they ran COVID through one of these simulators, and the potential for mutation is off the charts. Yeah. So the lockdown, really when this first reared its head, a lot of that I believe quite firmly was to stop the constant transmission between people because the more people it goes in and out of, yeah. the more chances it's got to mutate into something else. Now the worrying thing about the COVID is that it's jumping species. So people have found it in dogs and cats and mm -hmm. they think it was from bats to begin with, we're not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, 
so that again lends itself to a okay when it goes in it's like this but we don't know how it's going to come out you, these mutations happen all the time and there's eight nine ten strains already been found different strains of this so it's mutative capacity is the really worrying thing because if you look at the statistics and this is where some of the conspiracy conspiracy theorists kind of get a little bit of a, a doffed cap yeah. the statistics really as far as a viral threat goes the death rate isn't massively high mm -hmm. yet but that's the thing it's the yet you know these it's it's happened in, in one of the warmer weather conditions yeah which statistically the flu and cold viruses aren't at their optimum yeah and the we, we just haven't seen what it's capable of and that's the worrying thing so we try and anticipate what's going to happen and try and protect things because i think you know in, in many cases in life prevention is better than the cure and if we can try and stop it transmitting um that's half the battle but the problem with locking down is with is regards to if we forget covid for a minute Mm -hmm. Your bacterial threats, which have always been there, you know, E. coli hasn't just taken a holiday and gone away. Mm -hmm. That still accounts for a huge amount of problems in society. The fact that we've not been interacting with each other like we usually do can have an impact on the general immune response of, of the public because we're not coming into contact with people. We're not coming into contact with as much um, kind of bacterial and biological threats as we usually do. You know, we're sanitizing a lot more, yeah. Um, which means that on a daily basis, we're not taking as much kind of um, foreign bodies and bacteria into our systems for our bodies to learn to get rid of stuff. Yeah. So we've all taken a three or four month holiday away from our immune system doing its job. And when we all come back into work, when the furlough scheme ends, there's going to be a lot of people piling back into offices together with potentially slightly less resistance to the everyday stuff that we've always been resistant to. And so this surface transmission is something we really need to take seriously, um, aside from COVID completely. I think your, your other biological threats, your MRSAs, your E. coli, your um, other nasties that we used to deal with before COVID um, start coming into play as well oh, yeah. in, in a big way. I mean, I, I, was, I was talking a few months ago about this, and it's like the, the secondary um, the secondary risk factors is exactly what you've just described, the, the, the bacterial element. We're, we're not, we're built to move. We've always been in proximity with other people, even if we're relatively yeah. isolated. When you go on transport, you go in shops, you know, you're shaking mm -hmm. people's hands. You're yeah. transmitting and, and, and uh, passing on uh, bacteria on people's skin. Um, and that effectively keeps a, a healthy immune system. Now that's naturally in all of us has been suppressed because we've had less proximity to people. So the virus is one element to it, which as you're right, it, it can mutate around and there might be some extremely virulent strains of it that might be a lethal dose of it. However, in those particular situations, they'll tend to burn through their host reservoir faster than the ones that yes. like common cold. The yeah. common cold keeps coming back because it's very successful and it doesn't really that's hurt anybody. It just, yeah, it makes yeah, that's right. Shocking for a few days. Um, yeah. And I don't mean to undersell that. But then the bacterial element to it all. So like you say, when people are coming back into proximity where you take the face masks off or you're on um, public transport, trains, buses, et cetera, you're back in the office, you are going to get a situation where people will get a bug this year or potentially in 2021 that 
last this time last year, they'd have got it and it'd have been like, <clears throat> yeah, oh, just a bit yeah. of a sore throat. I'll be right, be right. Now, like, like, oh, I'm not coming in today. Why? Because I feel like death because yeah. it's going to hit them harder. And I think that's where it's going to feed into this, like, well, is it COVID? And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. Yeah, so you're going to get all this one. So I suppose what we're talking about, to bring it back to your um, uh, system, your solution is yeah. you get rid of a lot of these by bringing it in. And you said it, it lasts for 27 days, so what, three weeks? Maybe four uh, weeks? Four weeks. Yeah, four weeks. Right, yeah, we weeks. usually have so, like one every four-week treatment. Um, so if, if, you, if you took a hypothetical, so you, an office space or warehouse space, a, a, a communal area that people are going, coming and going in, you'd go in and treat it, and then you'd come back within four weeks or every four yeah. weeks. Have you got something that goes longer than that? Um, well, that's one of the interesting things. I mean, we don't like to sit still as a company okay. um, and just kind of rest on your laurels. We've, we've been kind of developing this and, and pushing on as much as we can. And as you can imagine, I'm sure being in a PP kind of, company buying and selling you mm. find products that claim the earth and then you look into it and it delivers very little um, so we get approached by all sorts of chemical manufacturers and suppliers and use our products because it does this 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 and this um, but we never take anybody's word for it so we will always do independent testing um, against any chemical that we think might be worth using so we're looking into one at the moment which is really really promising um, that's going to be able to offer us a 90-day um, protection on all surfaces. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, doing our due diligence on that because the last thing I want to do is go into a place and start spraying stuff around that I really don't know is absolutely 100% bang on what it says it's going to do and safe and environmentally friendly and all the rest of it. That has to come into it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really exciting. And hopefully we'll have some news on that within the next... Um, few weeks to a month I'd say mm -hmm. um, but again there's a lot of a lot of really good science behind it um, independently done scientifically scientific studies because I tend not to trust the ones that are sponsored by um, this or that or the other because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can pay for the results you want um, so we like to send it off to independent labs to test and just the results come back on what they may uh, and if it's not good we don't use it um, and it's it's as simple as that. Um, but yeah, we, we're we're planning on using um, that, which is a really good solution potentially for because it can be used externally as well. It's a silicon-based compound, which actually becomes part of the surface that it's sprayed onto, um, and creates uh, tiny little nano spikes of um, silicon and ammonia, um, which again puncture any viruses or bacteria that land on the surface, um, and. It, it, it's a really good thing. Uh, it's, it's seeming quite an exciting thing, but we don't want to commit something before we we are absolutely sure of it. Because you know, at the end of the day, it's it's our company, it's people's lives um, and yeah. people's businesses that you're going into, um, and we need to be sure. So we, once the due diligence is done on that, we'll be hopefully um, utilizing that as well as our own product. Um, yeah, I mean, I think from if I'm playing devil's advocate, I think a lot of people are going to have. It's not an objection as such, but the, you know, if they can get something that lasts three months as opposed to one month, yeah, and assume it's cost effective. Uh, although, how do you really quantify what this costs when you put up against people's lives and obviously people sick pay and the business, <laughs> the business is working and all the litigation that's going to that for me is one of those yeah. that a company would have to look at and go, yeah, it might be a few hundred pounds or it might be a few thousand pounds, but compare this to what it will cost us if we don't do something like this, yeah. Um, 
that I think if, if people can look at something and go, right, we need to have it every three months and then maybe every six months, and there's something that they can actually buy into in that point of view. It's a Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there was a study done a few years ago about the, the cost of workplace absence and, and not, not necessarily people being off sick, but also the underperformance element of people yeah. feeling under the weather. Yeah. And it was into the tens of billions that it cost the UK every year. Um, and you know what it's like. We've, we've all worked in environments with people. We've all been at school when a, a bug's gone round and everyone feels mm-hmm. lousy and all can concentrate. And the performance dips. Um, and it's not, a, you're not meaning to, it's just you're not on your A game. Um, well, I mean, that, and if you can't buy that, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, we, we think we offer a, a fabulous oh, no. kind of value. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a strange concept, that, but I agree with you. But before this situation that made everybody hypersensitive to, like, I mean, I heard something the other day which kind of makes sense. It's like someone sneezing now is akin to someone walking in there and just shouting something really offensive at everybody. The look on <laughs> yeah. people's faces, and you're like, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody, I mean, I've, when this first started kicking off and they opened up supermarkets and you're walking around with, with like face, uh, not face masks on, I think just like, you know, keeping the two, me- two meter distance and people yeah. just trying to walk past you. And you're looking at them going, and you, like, like you're looking at them, they've said something or done something really, really shocking. And not all they're doing is just yeah. trying to walk past you. And they're not thinking, because no. most people aren't or won't do that kind of situation. So we're now well, hypersensitive. We just have it, aren't we? Yeah. You know, but now we're all panicked to about it. Absolutely. I mean, now people, I mean, when I was doing some of the research for this stuff, people don't, now they might understand what fogging is and misting is. And when obviously when we show some footage about to, to illustrate what it actually does, yeah. they, they might start thinking about it in a, in a public consciousness for however long. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with PPE. Now there's armchair experts in PPE and face. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, I mean, I was reading something the other day when they were saying that, you know, you need to be looking at buying cloth face masks as opposed to disposable. And we're like, what are you basing that on? And and then you dig down into it, and unless it's actually three ply, and they're, and they're going to be buying multiple masks. So let's say there's one person working five days a week, and they're working in an eight-hour shift. Realistically, as a minimum, they need to be having about fifteen masks. Now, six pound a pop, so that's quite expensive. And then you're relying on those people to go and wash it properly, treat it properly, maintain it properly at home. It's like it's just like another level of nonsense, but then you get these people, yeah. But yeah. then they think, well, yeah, but I've I've, I've seen this uh, Nike or I've seen this uh, Adidas face nude, yeah, uh, and it's twenty eight quid. I'm going to wear that, and you're like, all right. Oh, but, the studies on them have already shown they're completely ineffective anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but people don't yeah. don't know what masks. It's the same thing. It's like people think that wearing masks protects them from catching the virus. Yeah. And it's not, as you quite right pointed out earlier on, it's about stopping the respiratory droplets that we all breathe out, we all talk mm-hmm. out, we all cough and sneeze out. Yeah. The less droplets in the air, in, in a confined space, uh, or a turbulated air like a bus or a train, it means there's less risk of infection, not just from this virus, but from other bacteria and other viruses as well. Because as you say, E. coli's not gone on holiday. No. You know, you've got strep and staff that are sitting there going... Yeah. <laughs> when they get yeah. in contact with people, yeah, it's, it's going to be a... Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing that you said about the armchair experts popping up. We, um, the fogging is a delivery method. It's the chemicals that are important. I mean, the, yeah. the fogging is just to make sure everywhere gets touched and it takes that have I wiped here or have I cleaned there out of it because yeah. you're done properly, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing you're seeing a lot of pop-up um, all of a sudden companies offering this service. And I think, yeah. 
you, you need to know it's done properly. I mean, our, our nationwide company, everyone that ends up working for us or with us goes through a, a proper training session on not just how to use the machines, but also the nature of the viruses and the bacteria and everything yeah. and, and understanding the elements of what we're getting rid of and what we're fighting here. Yeah. And this is why you need to do it this way. Now, any Joe blogs can go on the internet and buy a fogging machine and some disinfectant and claim to be a disinfection expert. Yeah. And that's where we always encourage everybody, like if you're buying PPE, do your research, know who you're buying from because there's a lot of fake old nonsense out there, which is going to do you more harm than good. Well, I, w I would um, imagine your, your business, um, as it's, as it's, it's not just a, a I mean, obviously same for PP, it's not a flash in the pan. It's, it's, it's here. No. It's been here and it's going to go on. It's not just about yeah. COVID. There's other things. Yeah. But you're right. People are popping up and they claim to be experts. We've, we, we've, we've heard people are claiming to have sold FFP2 masks, which are, they're not the same as the N95 masks to the NHS. Yeah. NHS don't, not for the medical staff, they don't wear FFP2s, they wear FFP3 masks. So you see these people coming up there saying, they're claiming these things, and you're like, well, first and foremost, that's not a proper mask because it connects at the ears. It, you can't yeah. get a face fit seal. But people look at the price first. And, and this, isn't a, this isn't a criticism on, on, on people as such. <clears throat> it's a case of everybody's now's focus is on getting back to work, building the business back up to where it was before so it survives to move forward. Because it's going to be a bloodbath and a, and a complete, uh, I was going to swear then, but it's going to be a, a mess for a lot of people uh, this month, next month, and the month after yeah. in terms of employment. So yeah. you're going to be in a situation where, where people are out there that are thinking, right, okay, I need to get my business up there. But they're also very, very sensitive to price. Yeah. If you ever buy on price and price alone without looking at the due diligence and the research behind it, all you're doing effectively is, is working on a false economy. You might fix a problem today, but create two or three more tomorrow. So yeah. if you're looking at this, this system that you've got or they're looking at PPE, they need to be thinking, right, okay, is this company trustworthy? Have they been trading before? What's their resume or what's their, their um, accreditation and what, what ticks the boxes? And if they look at your price at, say, £1,000, it's not, but just as a, a figure, yeah. and then someone on Facebook's come up and said, well, I can do it for £100 because I bought a foggy yeah. machine and some Dettol, which I'm going to vaporise. Yeah. And someone goes, well, why are you so expensive? Or why, you should be asking, well, why are they so cheap? Yeah. You know, why, why can you buy masks <clears throat> or, or gloves that from a, a company that's a media company primarily that's never yeah. traded in PPE, the NHS can't get this PPE. The big manufacturing importers can't make this product fast enough. And yet Mike or Jane in a media company can sell you a thousand masks for, for 10 pence. But they bought on Wish. And, and it's like that. Yeah, I mean, we hear a lot of, of misinformation with, with people. I, I saw one the other day, obviously, just the nature of the business stuff pops up and adverts pop up. And there was a disinfection specialist company claiming to be able to go in with their um, disinfection and destroy a virus's DNA. <clears throat> and viruses don't have DNA. And, nope. and it's, but to people who don't know that, it, they go, wow, great. And one of them, we, we, a, a pub that we, we do, her hairdresser, who I actually got in touch with to try and save her a bit of money, to be honest, some charlatan had basically done the same thing. Um, thought, oh, I've seen a, seen an opportunity here. Yeah. Was going in, 
disinfecting a place which was good it was a good disinfectant but it offered no protection so you go in and disinfect the place it kills anything that's there but as soon as somebody comes in and touches the surface you're reinfected so you might as well not bother uh he was charging 80 quid a week to do his little hairdressers whereas we would have been charging 75 pound a month wow. so often the you you get what you pay for look at where it's so expensive people are People are profiteering in this. Oh, good. And we always try to keep our prices at a reasonable level um, because it has to be affordable. And we're about those relationships with businesses and about that repeat kind of custom. Yeah. And a lot of the businesses we've worked for, we still work for and we continue to work for and will do long past COVID um, as just a good practice of having a, a safe, sterile, nice working environment for people. Um, but it's just about doing your research and anybody who inquires with us, I, I do tell them, look around, do your research, have a look into our stuff. Never just believe what you're being told. Yeah, um, so on our website, there's the studies that the independent studies that are uh, on our products, which, you know, show the efficacy of it against, I mean, we, we published the one that was done on E. coli, which is the most virulent breeder on surfaces. Mm -hmm. and the most sort of aggressive to spread um and generally as a rule of thumb if you can get rid of e coli you can get rid of most stuff yeah um so we published the one um with that and that was the one where you know growth of that was suppressed for 27 days with our products which is why we give that lasting lasting guarantee because it, it, if you can stop something as easy to spread as e coli is um we, you don't have the issue of um surface um, germination with viruses they don't um, spread or, or create more viruses until they actually enter into your body anyway. Yeah. Um, we're talking from bacterial point of view. Um, so yeah, it, it's just about doing your research. Okay. And sometimes a claim seems great, um, like your 99.9%. .9%. I was going to get onto that. So yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Because we, we can finish on this one because this for me is one of those <laughs> that, that sounds amazing, but actually when you're going to explain now that it's not. So Well, yeah, I mean basically you kill logs which are um, something in the user is a scientific term basically for how much um, bacteria you're getting rid of with any sort of treatment um, and you'll notice a lot of disinfectants we kill 99.9 percent mm -hmm. now that means if there were a million bacteria there before which they do live in their millions they're, they're you know everywhere in very very high numbers 99.9 percent leaves 10,000 colony forming bacteria behind. So it gets rid of a lot, don't get me wrong, but 10,000 is still a massive amount. Um, so 99.9 .9 doesn't even begin to even class as a disinfectant in medical terms. Yeah. So once you get down to 99.99 .99 leaves 1,000, 99.999 leaves 100, 9999 uh, is 10 and, and, and so on. Yeah. And it kind of reduced it by that amount. So Unless a product you're using for disinfection says 99.9999, you're wasting your time. You need to have that kind of that massive clear out of the bacteria that's there. Right. Otherwise, because of the, the reproduction rate of some of these, which they can double in as little as, you know, four to six hours. If you've got 10,000 within 24 hours, you're back up to a million again. Yeah. You know, it's... it's, it's 
crazy how quickly it grows and how quickly it spreads. So to quantify so, that, it's 99.9999, so four nines yeah, after the, right. Four nines after the point. And a lot of people seem to think it's just like banging some nines on for the sake of it, just yeah. to make it look like it's extra disinfective. But actually, each nine is a scientific point in that test of how many more, it's a 90% reduction each time. Okay. Um, so each time, you know, you've got a nine, it's another 90% off, another 90% off, another 90% off. Um, so it's not just marketing guff. It's not just a, a load of nines to make you feel better about yourself. These things have been tested um, in a lab and the reduction rate allows for this kind of the amount of nines to be put on. Yeah. And 99.9 sounds great. And to anybody who's not looked at anything like this before, you would think, well, that's pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, if yeah. someone told you I've got 99.9% .9 chance of winning the lottery, you'd be like, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get that ticket. But in bacterial terms, it, it doesn't offer much. So 99.9 .9 still leaves you at a massive um, level of infection, really. Or the, yeah, um, or the potential risk to it. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's an important point, I think, with, I mean, like we've already talked about, it. if you're disinfecting sort of surfaces at home, you're gonna be right with that, unless you well, unless you really want to kick it on and then leave it for twenty minutes. Um, yeah. But if you're talking about areas that are going to have multiple different visitors or people that you know, well, if any workspace. If you've got 20, 30 staff that are going home to their houses, that their mm -hmm. wife or a partner or husband or whoever is going out to another place, before you know it, you're connected to millions of different people that oh. all got these exactly. So you're bringing stuff in, contaminating each and every time. Now, under normal circumstances, we've lived with that for for many, many years. And in a way, I kind of hope we go back to that because oh, yeah. to be wearing masks and to having all these, unless you actually need uh, to have disinfectant or sanitizing beyond this point, and I think hopefully when we get past the established uh, established element to it, we're going to do that. Otherwise, it just becomes like, well, we might as well all live in a bubble. And I've seen yeah. people, or we've had people inquire at our place about PPE, which... <laughs> they want to effectively get the same PPE as a doctor or frontline medical staff would wear. And they think that they want to get the, FP3, uh, the, the FFP3 masks and that's all they need. And you're like, well, that's not what doctors wear. They're wearing eye protection. Some cases they're wearing ear protection. They're wearing an overall. They're wearing uh, aprons. They're wearing gloves. They're wearing overshoes. They're wearing scrubs underneath that. Then they have a wash down, clean down protocol between each patient or when they're leaving, which you yeah. won't be able to get because you'd have to put that outside your front door. Yeah. To, to get, it's like, what are you trying to achieve here? And, and it's difficult, it? like you said, it's striking that balance of wanting to get back to a normality where we don't need the masks and the social distance and yeah. as much kind of, you know, as as much as our company would maybe not benefit from it, um, like oh, it has been really well, yeah. as extreme disinfection as we're looking at at the moment. Um, but we're only around the corner from cold and flu season at the moment. And yeah. that's going to cause chaos if, if I think we're honest with each other. Um, because at the moment, the track and trace thing isn't working. No. Um, I think the government have held their hands up to that. It's not worked as they would perhaps want and perhaps plan. Um, there's no requirement for people to do it, which, you know, the good old British spirit in us, we don't like being told what to do, uh, which is why yeah. there's quite a spot, I think, online. So, I mean, I went out for, for tea the other night. Um, and you were asked if you would like to fill in a track and trace, but there was no 
compulsion to do so. You didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, if you've got that, the system won't work because everybody's got to have that or not. You either all need to do it or yeah, what, yeah. Like. I, I, I can see both sides of the argument. Um, my sort of mid reservation is when it becomes politicized, uh, and yeah. that, you're getting off the should we dare say the science or the rational thinking behind it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, I'd, I'd like to think that there's a there's an end point to this, but I agree with you with 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 cold and flu season. I think the, the danger that people don't well, they might know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to sort of discredit them, but I'm, I'm looking at this from a from a PP point of view and obviously from a, a fogging point of view as well, where. People are going to get coughs and colds just because it's cold weather. And then all of a sudden, everybody's going to think it's COVID. Absolutely right. Whenever yeah, you've yeah. got this incentive or where people, where you can't go and see your doctor face to face and they just go, oh, we'll put it down as yeah, COVID. Yeah. And actually, it's just a chest yeah. infection or it's just a cough because it's flu, cold and flu season. Yeah. And you're going to get staff that are going to be like, well, I can't come into work today because of X, Y, and Z. Now, if they can work from home, I think you'll find more people working from home at that point. But if they've got to come yeah. in, are people, are staff going to want to try and game the system? I would imagine they are because you can't turn around. There will be elements of that. But if, if you were a business and you're thinking, right, okay, so let's look at this proactively. And I know a lot of businesses only look from uh, the month to month. They don't necessarily look in, into the future. But if, yeah. certainly from our client's point of view, and I presume your clients as well, they've yeah. got to be thinking or they should be thinking, right, we need to make sure that we've got the right PPE. We've got the right procedures in place. The fog in the and the misting comes in. That this gets rid of all those people going. Ah, oh, well, I've, I've I think I've got a bug from your place. It's like, well, I've got a certificate that says that's not the case. So yeah, you know what I mean. I don't feel into work. That's the other one. Yeah, I don't feel safe coming yeah, yeah. into work. It's like, well, why not? This this place has been tested and it's it's cleaner than um, uh, a hospital ward. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, um, I mean that's one of the good things about one of these. Like we were talking before about the new potential chemical we're going to be using there will be a, a patch test we can do in a building where you can swab the wall and show somebody the product is still active on the surface okay uh, which currently we've got the science with ours that shows it and there's multiple um silver-based formulas which all offer a, a similar um protective level as ours does and, that, and that's kind of, kind of old hat really in, in in this kind of disinfection world because it's been used for such a long time yeah. Um, but this new one, you can actually physically show somebody, don't worry, this is still active on your surface. And if it isn't, we do the whole place again for nothing because okay. we're so confident in it and we will yeah, be yeah, so yeah. confident in it. And that's why we're testing it um, to the lengths that we are. Um, Visually. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, a lot of, some of the schools we work in, um, obviously there's a great debate on whether schools should open full-time and the fact that children generally can be good carriers and good transmitters, but don't get particularly ill. Yeah. Um, but obviously the staff <laughs> aren't kids, and there's a lot of staff in schools, and a lot of staff are uh, rightly concerned that, you know, anybody who's been around children or had children or worked with children knows that social distancing isn't, is just not going to happen. Yeah. For the, for the best will in the world. Um, you can't tell a group of five-year-olds to stay a metre apart if you can, because they're too busy running around climbing on top of each other and doing all that kind of lovely stuff which you want them to do. And you don't yeah. want to create this environment where they can't be children. Yeah. Uh, but at the same part, the staff are, are worried and rightly so, because if, you know, it's not necessarily if they pick something up, if they go home and, you know, visit the grandmother or someone who's a bit more, you know, if they've got someone in the home who's 
got an underlying health condition or maybe a respiratory problem or um, even such as like cancer where you've got your immune system suppressed mm-hmm. because of the treatments and things like that. Um, it's, it's a concern that you wouldn't want to be the one who passed it on. And no, so for no. us to take a lot of that um, worry away by basically saying this is a safe place for you to come to work um, has offered huge, we've had great feedback from, from 99% of the staff um, who, who buildings we've worked in have all said it's like a weight off. We feel like, you know, we don't have to worry about stuff. We're not constantly looking over your shoulder as to who's touched my computer and who's touched my mouse and, oh, did somebody come and, you know, you know, put the hand on the corner of my desk. And, and it's stuff that, like you said, walking through the shop, you're like, oh, get away from me. Is that in the, the work environment? Yeah. And you just don't have to have that. Which I mean, that, that's an interesting point. Because any company that's listening to this now or you're, you're potentially pitching to, it's like, well, what's that worth to you as a business that you've got people mm. that have got, you know, people say peace of mind is a bit. And, but the idea of, of being able to go into work with confidence that, that when you do touch a, a mouse or, you know, when you do pick up something, that you're not thinking, has this been... Because it is yeah. going to get to a point where that people get so drilled down into some of the things, the what ifs, that you can quickly yeah. pass it away for the treat. So oh, yeah, I, I think getting rid of that and giving people the peace of mind, you know, from a business point of view, what's that worth to make sure that your staff have actually, they feel safe, they feel productive. Yeah. You can't get rid of the problems, as you say, from person to person transmission. No, no, no. But from a business but environment, you're not making an issue to it. So yeah, right, it's, it's doing as much as you can, I suppose. There are very, various different risks at the moment, particularly with COVID, but also with others like we've talked about. And it's doing what you can in each place. Yeah. So person to person, look at your PPE. Surface contamination, look at someone like us. There's a few companies in the UK um, that do provide our kind of service. We're one of the real leaders as such who've been applying this fogging technology a long time before COVID yeah. um, the specific treatment. We've been doing it a long time um, and are generally kind of like the specialists in the area, um, I would like to say. Um, and I suppose it's, you know, you, you can get other companies in. Um, some of them will be great. Again, do your research. I mean, if you've got a problem with a tree in your garden, you can call a gardener who's had a go at trees before, or you can call a tree surgeon. Mm-hmm. and both will have a go at doing the job one will definitely do it right the other one might do it right and i suppose yeah. it's that kind of thing you you may be okay you may get the 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 service you require um but when generally a specialist is providing a service at a similar price and often cheaper because we know what we're doing we're not making it up and because we've done it at such a uh, a national level we have the economy of scale in like chemical supplies and things mm-hmm. like that because the the Proper disinfection chemicals are not cheap to come by. Not, um, not, if you buy them in small amounts particularly, but because we've got such a, a broad spread and we've been doing it for such a long time, we have such a high turnover of this, we can actually pass those savings on to people. So it's, like I say, it's, always, it's, it's like I say with everything, look into it, do your research and know what you're buying. Um, yeah. Essentially, um, it comes right across the board. You know, you'll, you'll know this, you'll probably advise people the same thing with you. Yeah, BPA, yeah. know what you buy and have a look. This is what we offer. By all means, have a look what else is out there. But these are these things are what you need to look for. Well, it's simple. Um, do you want the cheapest option or do you want the right option? 
Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, they're not they're not always the same. It's not like you've only no. been double, but you, you can go out there and you can buy the cheapest pair of work boots. Fantastic! If you want to buy them four or five times a year, yeah, or you can buy the right pair of work boots and buy them once a year. Yeah, which one? We do don't always buy cheap, buy twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with the old element, but. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we try and be as competitive on price. Obviously, we're going to be more expensive than someone just coming and bleaching your, your, your countertops because it's a very specialist system. We use got very specific want, like you say. Purpose designed machinery for this task. It's not just a, this will do and we'll spray some disinfectant around. It's, it's all been specifically aimed at pathogen threats um, and where you've got a specific element you've got a certain cost to that but we try and keep it like i said manageable you know your average hairdressers that we do is anywhere between 75 and 120 pound um, yeah. and that takes you for four weeks so for the cost of a cut and a color for most hairdressers you can protect your building for a month i don't know if you've noticed uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but and it's that it's that kind of you know once you break it down to people in actually on a weekly basis, it's costing you probably the same amount as you spend at Costa. Yeah. To give your staff that peace of mind or give you that peace of mind and all your customers okay. and, and show people that this is a safe place to be. I, I think it's a, a bit of a no brainer at the moment. It's I think more people need to be aware of it because I think the, yeah. uh, some of the things that they're putting in, it's just like, well, it's not practical. It's against the juice is, is, is the juice worth the squeeze because they're mm. putting all these procedures in place. It's like, well, but I, like things like physios and stuff, they, they, they've got to have the wash down, clean down after each patient, which means the prices have got to go up for everybody else, which then price some of them out because they can't afford to go to the physio they were going to before. But the physio needs to make the money up because of the time they're losing between each patient. Yeah. Hairdressers, you've got to book it. It's, it's like, well, there's got to be a better way. And your system might be in order to get that as a tick box. You'll still have to wear face yeah. masks, but you yeah. can get a solution to it. Right. Well, Absolutely. we've been going for about 55 minutes now so we've uh, really kicked the backside out of that one but it's a good thing um anything else that you want to uh, end on or are you, are you... so i think now it's just like i said for, for anybody watching it look into things do mm -hmm. your research don't just be told that 99.9 .9 is good enough because it isn't um have a look at how long a company's been using products have a look at what they do have a look at who they've worked for yeah, you know, we've done huge contracts with big multinationals like your Muller and Nando's and Unilever in their food production outlets. We've used this, you know, um, just have a look. If it's Bill the carpet cleaner who's bought himself a fogger and some bleach, it, you just be wary. You know, it, it's same as anything. Just um, <laughs> you get what you pay for. Having that mTOR, the old buyer beware. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Right then, so I'll finish the recording now. So thank you very much, Michael. Been fantastic. Thank you, Ran. Let's go right. starting. Excellent.